Thanks so much for watching this. I hope that this summary over the last seven days will be helpful to you and beneficial to you. There's a lot of information for us to try to cover in just a few minutes. This right here, as you can see, is my beautiful screen of our first 10 lessons in Genesis. I was still trying to figure out how to use this app, so I didn't utilize my space very well. But let's zoom in over here and let's pick up with episode eight. What did we talk about? We were in Genesis 15. We talked about righteous by faith. The key verse here is Genesis 15, six, as you can see from all the circling and all the lines and all the arrows going to it. Genesis 15, six, and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. This has implications for us as Christians. This has implications for us as people of God. This is mentioned in Romans chapter 4, 22 through 24, that when it was said to Abraham, his faith was credited to him as righteousness. That was not only written for his sake, but for all of us who would come to believe, for all of us who put faith in Christ. It is an encouragement to us to note that righteousness as a measure, or sorry, how do I say this? That righteousness attained by faith is pictured for us on Genesis 15. Righteousness through faith is not a new, new Testament concept. It is an Old Testament concept established right here in Genesis 15 between God and Abraham. And we know that Abraham is the father of all who believe. Abraham is the father of all who are righteous. We covered a lot of scripture in this. And so you are children of Abraham. This was a, this was a scripture heavy episode. It really was. And only those people who are people of faith are considered sons or daughters of Abraham. We saw that in John 8. We saw it in John, uh, sorry, John 8, 39. And we saw it in Luke 19, Luke 13. All of these things that point to us being righteous in Christ. Now, I'm going to come over here. Let's look at what episode nine was about. Episode nine was Genesis 16. And we are introduced to Ishmael, the first son of Abraham that came through the slave woman, Hagar. Ishmael is considered the son of uh, flesh. He is the son. God had already promised Abraham. He said, look, you're going to have a son through whom the whole world will be blessed. Abraham waited for an undisclosed amount of time, less than 10 years. We don't know uh, for sure how long, but a year, two years, up to 10 years. He was waiting for his son to be born. The son of promise didn't come. And so he thought he would help God along, and he slept with his wife's servant, Hagar. They had Ishmael when Abraham was about 85, 86 years old is when Ishmael was born. And Ishmael is going to be in the New Testament in Romans chapter 4, sorry, Romans 9, Galatians 4. He's going to be referred to as the son of flesh or the son of slavery. Ishmael represents mankind trying to achieve God's promises on their own efforts. And he is going to be in contrast to Ishmael, who we'll see in a couple of moments, as the son of promise, that which comes through God's work. And so there is a lot to say about Ishmael, uh, tons of stuff for us to know. And so anyway, we, we can't cover this all right now. Suffice it to say, that at the end of this chapter, he talks about circumcision and God has Abraham circumcised at 99, Ishmael circumcised at 13, which is why the Jews celebrate the manhood of their sons at 13. And circumcision, though it was a physical in the body, flesh, part of the flesh removed in the New Testament. And even in the Old Testament, we talk a lot about this, even in the Old Testament, God is less concerned with the physical 
removal of flesh from the man's body and more concerned with the circumcision of the heart, the removal of those things that do not honor God and do not rest their faith in God. And so that's mentioned for us in Romans, in Colossians, in Deuteronomy, in Jeremiah, that God is more concerned with the circumcision of the heart. And so when you when you read in the Bible about circumcision, think less about the flesh side of it and think more about the spiritual side of it. Let's zoom back out. We'll come over here to episode 10, Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 18 and 19. We saw back in chapter 13 of Genesis that Lot moved near Sodom and that Sodom was an exceedingly wicked city, Genesis 13, 13. So God has now come down to see if the wickedness of Sodom is as bad as he has heard that it is. Of course, he's God. He knows that it is. And so the angel of the Lord and two angels show up, meet with Abraham, and then God says, shall I hide from Abraham the thing that I'm about to do? And so God tells Abraham, look, Abraham, I, I'm going to go down and I'm going to check on, uh, I'm going to check on Sodom and I'm going to destroy Sodom. And Abraham has this really interesting encounter with God in Genesis 18. He says, but God, what if there are 50 righteous people in Sodom? Surely you won't treat the righteous and the wicked the same, will you? And God's answer to him is, no, I won't treat the righteous and the wicked the same. And of course, God never treats the righteous and the wicked the same. There's always a distinction between them. And we'll see that in the coming weeks in Exodus and also in the New Testament. But Abraham says, God, what if there are 50 righteous in the city? Will you destroy Sodom for 50 righteous? And God goes, no, I'll spare it for 50. And he goes, well, what if there's only 44 righteous, 45 righteous? God says, I'll spare it for 45 righteous, for 40 righteous, 30, 20, and 10. And Abraham's convinced by this. He believes that God is just. One of the questions or one of the statements that Abraham makes is he says, won't the judge of all the earth do what is just? And I just want you to know that God will always do what is just. And the Bible tells us that he sent the angels in and the angels rescued righteous Lot. We look at the story of Lot and Lot does not come off as too beautiful of a man. It kind of seems like Lot is a little bit screwed up and he is a little bit out there and he has a lot of wickedness. But the Bible tells us in Peter that Lot is a righteous man. And so because that is the case, what does God do? God rescues righteous Lot before he destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Because you know what? The judge of the earth will always do what is just. Now, episode 11 covers Genesis chapter 21, the child of promise. And the child of promise is Isaac. Isaac is the son that is born after Ishmael. And Isaac is born according to God's promise, according to God's work, and not according to Abraham's work. And Isaac is a picture of us who believe, us who put faith in Christ. And so Genesis, or Galatians rather, as I've already pointed out, Galatians 4 and, and Romans 9 all indicate that Isaac is a picture of people of faith. We are the children of promise, people of faith. It is Righteousness is not a matter of our works. It's not a matter of what we've done. And so in this episode, we did go look in detail, like Galatians 4, 21 through 31, we did look at Romans 9, 1 through 9, and those would be really helpful for you to go back and look at. And then Abraham uh, sees that his older son, Ishmael, is mocking Isaac. And this is referenced for us in Galatians chapter 4, and it says the people who are seeking, it's the people who are in slavery. And, and what Galatians means by that, Galatians 4, is the people who are trying to find righteousness through the works of the law. They are in slavery. And then the people who have found righteousness through faith are the sons of the free woman, the, the free sons. And, and it uses Ishmael and Isaac as Ishmael is a picture of those who are trying to do it by their own works and efforts. And Isaac is trying to do it by faith. We are receiving righteousness by faith. And it says that at that time, Ishmael mocked Isaac. So now also people who are pursuing righteousness by works 
mocked the people who were seeking righteousness by faith. And that was a very real problem in the first century Israel. But it's also a problem today in our churches where people would believe that righteousness is a matter of works. And then people like me come along and not just me. I mean, there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of us who are saying, no, it's a matter of grace. Uh, probably millions of us who are saying that. And the people who are saying, no, no, it's a matter of works. They're mocking the people who say it's a matter of grace. And so Ishmael mocks Isaac. Paul mentions that in Galatians 4, that that's still happening uh, today among the church. And so then we'll zoom back out. We'll jump over to day chapter or day 12, episode 12 in Genesis 22. This is Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice to God. God tests Abraham, says, I want you to go to Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah will be the place where David ultimately will uh, have the temple of God built. David won't build it. His son Solomon will. David will die before it gets built. But David will prepare for the temple to be built on Mount Moriah. Outside of the temple is where Christ will be crucified. But Abraham goes up on the mountain with his son Ishmael. Ishmael is carrying the wood for the fire. It's a three-day journey, or the wood for the offering. It's a three-day journey. They go up to the top. Abraham's about to kill his son, his only son, Isaac. And a lot of people will look at this story and say, see, Abraham's only son, Isaac, is about to die. He carried his wood up the hill. And Jesus is God's only son, and he died and carried his wood up the hill. But remember... Isaac doesn't die in this story in Genesis 22. The ram dies. God says to Abraham, 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 remove your son, hand from your son. I see that you fear me. I see that you honor me. Look there in the thicket and Abraham sees a ram and he goes and takes it in place of his son, kills the ram in place of Isaac. And again, as we've already mentioned, Galatians chapter 4, Romans chapter 9, Isaac is a picture of the redeemed. So while Genesis 22 is a picture of the cross, Isaac is not the picture of Jesus. The ram is the picture of Jesus. The ram is the one that died. And Isaac is a picture of you and I who are spared the death of God. Now, or spared death because of God's provision through Christ. Now, Moses names this place on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. And years later, years in the future, Christ will be killed on this very mountain. So when, when Abraham says, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided, when Abraham says that, he is foreshadowing what is going to come through Jesus Christ. And that is such a beautiful picture, and I hope that you can lock that into your brain. Now, episode 13, Genesis 24 and 25, we meet Jacob's, uh, we meet Jacob and Esau, the twins of Isaac. And, and Esau is the older twin. He's the one that pops out first. But before the two are born, God has already told Rebekah, the mother, the older will serve the younger. So Ishmael was the older brother, but he didn't get the blessing. Isaac did. Esau is the older brother, but he won't get the blessing. Jacob will. And the line of Christ will continue through the line of Jacob. And these two twins, they, uh, they don't like each other very much. They don't get along very well. Esau is a very hairy, manly man, and Jacob is a little bit soft and uh, kind of stays at home. He stays near his mother. But one of the things that we see at the end of this reading on, on day, what are we, on 13, on episode 13, Esau comes in from hunting, and he's famished, and he sees Jacob cooking some stew, and he goes, give me some of that red stew to eat. And Jacob says, I'll give it to you if you sell me your birthright. And Esau says, fine, you can have my birthright. What does it matter to me? I'm about to die. And so he eats some of the stew. And the Bible says that Esau despised his birthright. In the next section, we'll see that, that Esau begged for the blessing, but he, he wouldn't get it back. And this is referenced for us in the book of Hebrews as a picture of the Jews 
who have the birthright of Christ. To them came the prophets, to them came the covenants, to them came the life, uh, the, the promised Messiah, the promised Savior. And like Esau rejected his birthright, so also the Jews rejected Jesus when he showed up. And th that's there in the blog for you too. If you want to go back and read the blog on this day, that would probably be enough information for you to kind of put some of those pieces together. And then in chapter 14, or episode 14, Genesis chapter 27 is where we see that Jacob stills the blessing of his brother Esau. He disguises himself as his brother, and it's super crazy. He takes goat skin, goat hair, and puts it on the nape of his neck and on his, on his hands, if that gives you any indication as to how hairy Esau must have been. And that's what fools his blind dad into believing that he is his older brother Esau. And so Jacob stills the blessing from his, his brother gets it from his father, uh, and he is blessed instead of his brother. He, Jacob, will lie three times to his dad in the course of that blessing and say, no, I'm really Esau, I'm really your oldest, I'm really your firstborn, I'll get the blessing. And it does make you wonder a little bit if, I don't know, if Isaac was trying to resist the things of God or not, I don't know. Because what had God already done? God had already told Rebekah, while the twins were still in the womb, the older will serve the younger we already know that Jacob has the birthright. He's received the birthright from his brother. The blessing should have passed to Jacob, not, not just because he bought the birthright from his brother, but also because God had already declared it before they were born. So why is Isaac trying to, to bless Esau? I don't know. Uh, but Jacob gets it. Jacob steals the blessing. This is enough to make Esau want to kill him. And that will lead us into the next day. But more or less, that is a recap of this past week. And hopefully it will help you and give you enough to kind of put some of the pieces together. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining with us today at Simpler Bible through another section of scripture where we come to know and understand God a little bit better. Look, if you're brand new to Simpler Bible, we have all sorts of resources available for you. Go to our website, simplerbible.com, and there you can find these videos, you can find our podcast, you can find links to our social media, and you can even find a blog post with additional scriptures if you want to go into a little bit more study than we had time to cover in this podcast and video today. We hope that this tool will be exactly that for you, a tool. Not something that replaces your daily walk with God, but something that enhances your daily walk with God and helps you to know and enjoy Him more. Thank you so much for being part of this, and we'll see you again tomorrow.